welcome to your typical shonen protagonist. He's Kai. I'm Kells. And this week, we've made a mistake. Yes. Yes, we're we talking have. about happy sugar life, Kai. <laughs> Kai. <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> I tried to tell y'all, but no one listened to me. Oh, all this I'm, is all I'm saying is you tried to tell me, but you were like, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna fuck you up, but not in the same way that Evangelion fucks you up. And I'm like, I should have I specified okay. that. But like, yeah, no, my God. G- give me your yeah. opinion on it. Give me give me your opinion on Happy Sugar Life so far. Uh, I, it's I don't want to say it's horrible because storytelling wise, it's actually good. Storytelling wise, like. That, but that's like it. Like it tells a story cohesively. <laughs> but everything else, like the themes, like the like the main character, the characters, like just all of it. Like I guess the OP and E D were decent. I don't remember them because the show was so fucked up. I didn't even like register any of the stuff that I listened to. So yeah. I don't watch this. <laughs> Just don't. That's my recommendation. Oh my god. Yeah, no. This show, which came out in 2018, uh, from the studio Ezola, which we'll get to. Oh my god. Happy Sugar Life left me every single episode just feeling gross. Yeah. And not, like, in a shock way. Because there are other shows that, that like, Higurashi, right? Higurashi t- does the same kind of violent horror thing uh, that this does. But at least Higurashi has a mystery to it. This This is just... Whether it's the subject matter about, in like, a high school girl falling in love with an eight-year-old... Yeah. And that's just like the crux of the story. And this main character does everything she can to like keep this facade up and protect their relationship, including and with notwithstanding multiple murders. Yeah, I think it's like what, two or three? I can't. At least two. At least two, yeah. Like. And not to mention the weird-ass nightly ritual that's just so disturbing. Um, Like, and okay, so when you see the whole thing for this, you'll be like, ooh, a pink-haired tsundere. I love that. No, it's not Yunogasai. <laughs> it is not. Like, Which Yunogasai's even fucked up, but continue. <laughs> yeah, but no, i take her any day over this, man, even though they're, it's like a different type of fucked up honestly like i feel like that's what our co-host on our other podcast um content breaker zog thinks that this is going to be he thinks it's going to be future diaries but it's not it's not future diaries uh it's not you know man no one wants this no (laughs) no one wants this Man, there's a reason the studio went under after three shows. <laughs> yes, 
and they like and they picked the good one they did to go under. I was so mad. I'm like, bro, like you should have just stopped after this, but no. All right. So thematically, everything to do with this show, production wise, <laughs> nobody is okay. Okay. Nobody. That, that's the most important thing I want to I want to emphasize with this show is that nobody is okay. So let's let's get into the production as we as we spool up our episode. This is produced by uh, Ezola, the studio that did uh, not only Happy Sugar Life, but Are You Lost? And uh, one of our favorite uh, slice of life animes, Kai. Smile down the runway. Smile down the runway, man. Yes, the only non fucking weird one on this. <laughs> they drink pee and are you lost? I just want you to know that. Oh, okay. I was wondering if you had any insight, but yes, you do. Thanks. <laughs> yes, no, I, I watched it. Granted, they do it for survival, so, but like they didn't have to show it that in the detail. They looted it basically. So it's like, it wasn't survival. It was like, it was, man, just, Lordy, just, no. No. But they're they're the one that is kind of most um sellable. The one that is, is fitting the most broad audience being Smile Down the Runway, which was a good pretty B tier uh level slice of life. But unfortunately we haven't seen anything after that. It's two years since the release of Slice of Life. Uh excuse me, uh, Smile Down the Runway. And we haven't seen anything else from them. So maybe COVID got Studio Azola. Yeah, I I hate to say it, but I really feel like they have, like, normally when you don't see anything out of a studio from two years, unless you're, like, a huge name like Madhouse or yada yada, you know, you're kind of you're finito, especially with only three properties out, so... And even though we love Smile Down the Runway and a lot of other cultured people do, I really feel like it did not get the love and energy that it deserved, sadly. So I don't think that was enough to propel it to keep the studio going and to keep them for a season two because the manga is finished, yet we still have heard nothing of a season two. So it might be the end of Studio Izola. Yeah, man. No one that has anything to do with this show is okay. Not a single person. Now, this show being this kind of horror suspense mystery really falls into the same thematic veins, uh, for, for better or worse, as Higurashi, which has a storied history of having uh, child main characters do incredibly violent, horrific acts uh, to tell a story, and that is definitely challenging, right? But it's yeah. the mystery of Higurashi that it makes it, it interesting. With this show, with the whole relationship between our main character and the even more uh, uh, childish, literally a child, uh, love interest, it, it's just there is no mystery that is worth this experience. Yes, like it, 
we yes so it's like there are i don't even know if they're really mysteries it's just like things that you don't know and it's like i don't even care to know them like you know yes. like oh shio has a brother and this is why she was alone i was like i don't really care at this point man i just i i don't um like i i feel like the only good character like got killed so yeah yeah so um you know getting getting to that yeah i i there were i think that's a great way to put that you know there weren't mysteries there were just things we didn't know yeah and the fact that we opened the show right the first 30 seconds is showing them leaping off of a building so we know the outcome of the story and then we get into it it's like, well, fuck, you could have saved this for something. But you had to show me where we wind up. Thanks. Great, great. Go go team. Um, which, you know, I'm not saying is a, is a necessarily a wrong storytelling, uh, wrong visual storytelling technique. But we just didn't save any of the mystery. We used the hook that we had and it was just the introduction to this fucking gross experience. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then you don't, like, that isn't even really the true ending because we see, like, you know, that's not actually what happened. That's kind of what happened, but, like, well, we, don't, we, don't get the res- we don't get the results of what happened. Right? We see the act of them leaping off of a building, but we don't find out what happened the actual results until the end of the series. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so we see that there is more to it, but like at that point, I just wish everything <laughs> was set on fire then episode one. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just, it's like, what is the purpose of the show? You know, I mean, I guess it's to make you think, well, it's really in a true aspect, a different type of like, I guess, horror, you could say, um, because there's like body horror. There's, um, you know, jump scare horror there's like different aspects and this is kind of like i guess a psychological like gore horror i'm not really sure where this will fall in the like kind of synonyms of it i guess psychological horror maybe i i would say this is 100 percent psychological horror we see a little bit of uh a little bit of gore but not much you know uh the violence is insinuated but we don't see a lot of it um but it's definitely got the viewer looking and going, okay, what's going to happen next and how are they going to do it? And just that anticipation is part of the challenge. But it does, I would argue that it doesn't do it super well. I, I, it does it fine, but I don't know. Part, part of it's not, I'm not having a good time with this story, so I don't give a fuck about the, the outcome. Like, I'm just waiting for things to happen. And... You know, that that might be part of the problem with the experience. It's just like, oh, shit. I, you cannot expect me to give a fuck about this. So just show me what you're going to show me, and let's keep it moving. Um, yeah. But that that said, you know, there are some themes that it touches on that, that a lot of shows don't. Outside of the, uh, of the underage romance that is just so incredibly wrong. 
like it touches yeah. on both of these characters like having a, a tragic challenging upbringing yes we should totally put trigger warnings on this podcast by the way trigger warnings <laughs> about stuff um yes <laughs> like, heads up nobody's okay not even you listener chan Yes, you will not be okay after this listener chain, which I am for now going to call our listeners this forever. Um, but, like, uh, and as I watched it a second time, I realized things that I hadn't realized the first time, like Sato possibly being a victim of, like, I guess, sexual, like, I don't want to say misconduct, but, like, like I, I don't know. Um, you know, you're talking about Sato, the main character. Yeah, I feel um, like her aunt was like a perpetrator because like her love was for everyone. Like, I don't know. I could have misinterpreted. I don't. There were so many things in here that you just like. Why didn't they do this? Because they did this, so they probably did this too. I, I don't think with what we see that that Sato's aunt who Sato lived with after her parents died, uh, tragically. I don't think Sato's aunt abused her, but Sato's aunt is fucked up, right? Just kind of living as an outlet for people's feelings, whether that be violence, whether that be lust, whatever it is, Sato's aunt is there to accept them all, and that's her demonstration of love. And for a, a six, seven-year-old kid who just lost her parents is in, living in a new world, um, that's not a thing that is positive or beneficial for that child to be exposed to. Which is part of the reason that, that Sato is so fucked up in the first place. Yeah, and I really wish, like, she would have cleaned her room, like, the aunt. Um, there's just so much... So much stuff. Like, and a, a really big difference you see between this and Shigaraki, or, wow, well, not Shigaraki, think about my hero, Higarashi, is that, like, I feel like the adults had a lot more to play in Happy Sugar Life than they did in Higarashi. Like, Higarashi is just like, we just kind of killing. I mean, there's for reasons and, like, stuff. Well, not really. Sometimes people just be tripping. But, like, you know, it's always because of something that happened with the kids, and you really don't see the adults, like, if all, besides, like, the one reporter that came to town. But, like, really, you don't see the adults that much, opposed to, like, Happy Sugar Life. They're, like, adults are the cause of all of our problems. Like, you know, whether it's, like, beating the mom and putting her in the hospital, letting Shia run away, or, like, the parents dying and the aunt corrupting Sato, or the restaurant manager being a whole ass rapist or the um, teacher being a fucking weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. That wife wasn't hard to now. He wouldn't do this girl. <laughs> you need to go to jail too. Fool. And, that, and that's part of it too. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, the, I don't know, man, like it's some weird fetishization of it too. That like Higurashi does some weird shit. But, like, the, the fetishization of the act and the violence just doesn't convey as much. Like, I'm not saying it's not there, right? Because it's a, a particular type of media being pay, made for a particular type of audience. Because uh, there is some weird, gross shit in Higurashi, too. 
you know, let's let's not let's I I will not beat around that. Yeah. Um, but certainly not to the degree of this. You know, this is just kind of like the adults are bad and fuck this up, and the children are dealing with the circumstances even as they do their own fucked up things. And it's like, man, fuck your entire message of positivity of like challenging and and you know uh not being a like you are not at fault for your upbringing just goes out the fucking window when we get into all of the incredibly gross and weird shit like um you know they touch on uh, one of our one of our main characters uh Tayo Mitsubushi the the dude who shows up at the uh cafe and begins to work and then is assaulted by uh the manager like he's fucked up for life now yeah and he was kept in a closet like what where were his parents man like you're not gonna look for your child right but like you know that that's a certainly reasonable thing like okay you have this character who's been assaulted and has just been scarred from from their experience and then we take that and turn it into making them some gross weirdo who just no longer is able to deal with adults and now only has a thing for children. And that is that is demonstrated through their love for uh, Shio, the main little girl. And it's like, oh, fuck. Of course we got to tie it back into this shit, you know? Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. right. I just... Oh, Lord Jesus. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, there's so much back to wrong with this. Like, <sighs> like yeah. I just, I have so many like questions that I also don't want answers to, but I do want answers to. Like, <laughs> I want to know how the aunt got to be the way she was. Like, I want to know, like, you know, I think that's really the only lasting question I had. Like, that was the only thing I was like, you could at least answer this since you're scarring me with everything else. You could at least scar me with the truth. Yeah, what fucked up the aunt? Like, because I don't feel like she's, like, definitely, like, you know, getting abused, like, with all those bandages and stuff on her. So I'm like, is this, like, something from abuse? Is this, like, something from neglect? Like, how did this happen? And how did it, like, trickle down? Like, this could be a case study for psychology about the, like, cycles of abuse um because you know like i don't like sato is crazy don't get me wrong and i'm not excusing anything she did because what the fuck but like she thought what she was doing was right under her assumption of right and wrong and she tried to be a good person that just didn't work for her at all because she wasn't like you know it's like the first real opposition you had, you went to murder. Not sure where that came from, because it doesn't seem like the aunt condones murder. So, really not sure where that came from. Like, I needed more information all around the board. Like, it's... Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I take back what I said about the cohesive storytelling, too. This was just a waste of energy. Because <laughs> the cohesive storytelling was not there as well. Because I'm like, I still have plot holes about how people became the way they were. Yeah, I, I definitely want more information than what we're, we're only shown. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. So, all right. Let's kind of get into it a, a little bit more chronologically, and then we'll round it out. So, 
Happy Sugar Life starts with our two main characters, Shio Kobe, the little girl, and Sato Matsu, uh, Matsuzaka, our main uh, sundere with the pink hair, um, kind of falling off a building after Shio jumps onto her and they kind of fall off. And it's all about uh, Sato and her happy sugar life. So Sato has never felt real, genuine human emotions in her entire life. She has gone through and, you know, through her adolescence up to the point where she is now, presumably somewhere in high school, but it's, you know, frankly uh, hard to tell. Uh, she could be in middle school or high school. Um, she has gone school. through high school. Good, good. Um, she has gone through and had relationships with boys and never felt any real feelings, even as that relationship grew physical. And that's something that they kind of touch on, uh, but we never really show is that she was kind of with, you know, multiple boys and, and it never really went anywhere uh, just because she was searching for her definition of love and in each person, she never found it. Until she found Shio. And it goes off the rails from there. Yes, but before that, she did find some guy she thought she loved, like an older man. Because that's where the apartment comes from. We can't overlook that. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think, she, I don't think that was somebody she loved because she touches on, you know, when he goes to pay her, she's like, this is a this is a quid pro quo right here. Like you draw me and I get somewhere to go like take a shower. Like that's the end of the deal. If it's more than that, I'm fucking leaving. Okay. So see I thought there was some weird stuff happening there, but I guess there wasn't. Why she killed that man then? I don't know. Because it ties back to when she she initially meets Shio. Uh, Sato brings Shio back to this dude's apartment. And we see this dude over multiple, presumably, sessions. Um, he's an artist, and he's he's drawing uh, Sato as a model. And, and he doesn't have her get nude. And he doesn't, you know, take advantage of their relationship. He just draws her. Um, and there's something about her, the look in her eyes, the, the kind of distance in it. And and that's kind of their interaction. But when Sato needs somewhere to bring Shio after she's been abandoned by her mother, which we'll get to very shortly. Yeah. Um, Sato brings Shio to this apartment. And then because the dude gets jealous because he sees the spark of love in Sato's eyes. He goes and puts his hands on the little girl. To which she, uh, Sato's like, oh, no, you don't. And then presumably axe murders the the unnamed dude, the unnamed artist. Yeah. And then I. Yep. And then, you know, just kind of keeps his body there. Can't forget about that. You know, it's just, it's just chilling there for God knows how long. But a while. I'm going to say a little while, just because of the, the smell that begins to grow. Um, how did you feel? Okay. We, we have clowned and shit on this show because it definitely deserves it. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. But I'm going to ask you to look back through your memory, and hopefully some of this has kind of stuck. How did you feel about this unnamed artist and kind of un unshown artist um, with the the experience of Sato going through this and kind of building on that relationship up to the point where he gets murdered. How did you feel about that experience? So I felt like it was the closest thing she had to, I mean, I guess it's still kind of weird that you're playing like a underage girl, but like he didn't do anything to her. And like, he like kind of provided a safe place for her. So I felt like it was kind of like the healthiest relationship she had outside of her best friend. But you know how that turned out. Um, so I would say I thought it was like good, but you kind of found out about it in a weird way because you didn't find out from the beginning. It was like something you found out like in episode four or five when you kept looking at the bags. And like it felt like, okay, like she's already crazy at this point. So it's like I don't see her having any redeeming qualities. So it feels like if there was this like good side of her that was nurtured, like, you know, it seems like it didn't amount to much but like i felt like if we had saw that kind of like first and then saw her like kind of go off the deep end it would have had more impact for me but like seeing it in the order that it happened kind of just kind of like killed it for me because like she's already a psycho in my head yeah definitely but i felt like it was maybe the one positive relationship she could have had you know if only truck coon didn't kill her parents <sighs> lord always yeah. truck coon um, I thought that creatively that was a, a a new and interesting approach to show this random character we haven't seen yet. And we will probably never see just because when we introduce them to the story, they are, as you said, a dead body in multiple bags. Um, so I do like the fact that it was it was first person uh, and any kind of dialogue we had was in waveform kind of nonverbal like in unintelligible dialogue that that uh Sato was responding to I thought that was probably the singular most in interesting and artistic part of the entire show other than that no it's all just kind of <laughs> what you see is what you get yeah yeah I- yeah, I will say that. Um. All right. Let's talk about Shio and her whole thing, her family, the search for her, her, her response to the search for her. Let's talk about Shio for a bit. So Shio is annoying as fuck, honestly, first of all. Really? Um, I, I felt like she was really annoying to me, like... Maybe it was just the voice, but, um, like, I don't know. I, I have no love for anyone in this show. I should probably preference that. I thought they were all horrible characters. Um, but so she's the little girl who is a victim of domestic abuse. Well, I guess an onlooker of domestic abuse because her mom's really the one who got abused and her mom took well, Shino I mean- and ran away. Until her mom put her hands on her. Yeah. So, yeah, she was a victim of abuse as well. Um, And didn't she have, like, memory loss to an extent or, like, selective memory or something? 
Well, I mean, definitely the whole experience of her mother. Uh, so, holy shit. So, one, uh, childhood sucks. And two, childhood sucks, especially when your parents are bullshit. Yeah. Um, so, not only did, did is uh, she owes dad this raging asshole that like beats up on uh, Shio's mom and Shio's brother. Um, the whole experience of after her mom leaves her husband um, and then gets abandoned by her mother because her mom's like, okay, I put my hands on Shio one time and I don't want to be like that, that fucking demon and then goes and leaves the kid. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but it is what it is. And it's like, yeah, Gio just because she then goes and gets a a stable relationship, which the wiki calls platonic. Um, Mm -hmm. okay. Excuse me. (laughs) Um, yeah, you know, she's, she's taken away from all the pain and, and trauma of of the experience up until her relationship with uh, Sato, but that that kind of overlaps as as she she deals with things and she sees her mother in kind of ghost form. She deals with the fact that her brother's still around, and then she she not that she gets over it, but she begins to make her own choices about how to live life. Yeah, which you know are very bad choices. Um, <laughs> she, <laughs> she chooses to stay with Sato, um, and kind of embrace that lifestyle. Which she's kind of aware that everything isn't right because she's like, "Why can't I go outside? X, Y, Z. Why can't I do this? You know, um, were you hiding from me? All this." And Sato's like, "Oh no, everything has to be perfect for you. Like, you know, I." You're the only person I won't turn into, uh, you know, chop poi. Um, so I have to keep the illusion going for you. So she starts to do more stuff, Sato does, to kind of, um, you know, kind of like make up for all the crazy stuff that's happening. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of fucking crazy stuff, man. <sighs> okay. Let's derail. Get into the crazy stuff we see happen. Just because we've made it this far, and it's time to talk about the gross shit. Gross shit number one, the fact that we have a relationship with an eight-year-old. Whether or not the wiki calls it platonic or not. Okay? No, excuse me, stop. Yeah, that's 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 fucking weird. Um, it is not shown to be platonic if you watch the show. It's very much fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. We Shit. don't see those boundaries crossed other than the the kiss, but like even that, my yeah, God. the fake uh-huh. wedding every day is just so fucking so fucking ah. Well, that ties into the trauma of her mom promising to come back for the little brother or the big brother, but like never does. 
like, yeah. thematically that one makes sense other than the fact that it's happening with somebody else, especially when it's done in like a real sense. Like, okay, now we have rings. It's like, oh no, bro. Uh, all right. So we have the relationship being the number one primary gross thing. Uh, but even deeper, we have the things like our other characters, um, like the teacher, the teacher being a gross bastard um, who's cheat not only cheating on his wife, but trying to figure out what's going on with Sato to the point where he, he confronts her and she's like, no, I found somebody. And if you touch me, I will tell your wife what's going on. And then steps on him. To which this guy, this is the exact vibe that I don't fuck with. Step on me energy. Okay, this is not step on me energy. I would the, like this is this, this is primarily step on me energy. You are deluding yourself. <laughs> I would like to say that this is not step on me energy, but yes, continue. Um, no, the, but yes, this the, this point being about with the teacher, we see step on me energy in action and reaction, and it's just like. Oh God, no! Why? <sighs> yeah, like it makes you wonder if the teacher was doing things prior to Sato kind of finding her own happiness stuff. I think not with Sato, but with other students. I think I think Sato mentions that. Yeah, yeah, it's so that's. You know, fucked up things one and two, and then there's the fucked up thing of Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi or whatever his name is, um, Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi, yeah, um, his whole ordeal of getting, you know, sexually molested by the, um, his boss, and then kept in the closet, and then being freed by Sato, and then Sato just kind of being like, yeah, you gotta be careful, you know, women are crazy. Like, I'm just, like, so nonchalant. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, okay. Um, I hate the entire plot line. I thought it was interesting that they tied it back together towards the end. Um, it was cohesive, not interesting, excuse me. Um, it was cohesive that they tied his, like, inability to handle the touch of an older woman, especially towards the end of the show when Sato's aunt finds him because he's snooping around and then does the same thing that the uh that the cafe manager did and he still can't handle the touch of an older woman yeah cohesive storytelling yes very cohesive um and how he fetishizes Shio as well with the newspapers in his room and just like calling her a perfect angel and just everything that yeah, her touch purifying him because he's been dirtied by older women yeah <sighs> um yeah that and, and Shio's brother just out here you know relentlessly searching for his sister even to the point where it turns him into this violent asshole yeah like his parents were where he's like all right mitsubushi i will tear off your fingernail if you don't tell me where my sister is or help me get to her and then when they make it to the final kind of final um uh, event 
He's like, I will murder you, uh, Sato. But because Shio's like, yo, no, brother, I want to say with, with Sato, I want to make my own decisions because mom doesn't love me. And he's like, but this is what happened. Mom was really abused, and she's the one who killed our father. And also, uh, she's also a victim. Which, okay, great. Uh, so, silver lining. Great point, show. Yes, the mother was also abused. It didn't know handle how to handle this stuff. Great point. Excellent, excellent kind of uh, dialogue and exposition on this this fact. Good job. It's surrounded by so much bullshit, man. Uh. Yeah. Uh, it, and it not only is it surrounded by so much gross thematic stuff, it's also surrounded by uh, things time-wise, like the older brother being violent, and then them immediately after jumping off the fucking roof. Let's talk about this. Yeah, okay. Uh, we, well, You know what? We missed somebody entirely. Sato and the aunt. No. The best friend. Yeah, okay. Which so is easy he, to do, but let's talk about her before we get to them jumping off the roof, which we saw in the first 30 seconds. Yes. So the best friend, Shoko, is like the only okay character in this and who kind of just wants her friend to like, you know, be okay and stop, you know, doing the things that she's doing because they are wrong and she understands and... She tries to help uh, Shiel's brother, um, you know, kind of help help Shiel's brother find Shiel so Sato can be okay and all this situation can be, like, resolved because he feels like there's weird things going on. Um, Man, the fact that she was uh, uh, Shiel's brother's love interest, like, yo... Make this character mean something to more than one other character. Okay. She's all like, you're not my type and you're not my look, but shit, there's something about you. All right, here's my number and here's my tongue. Yeah. It's... Were, were you or were you not here for that? I wasn't here for any of this fucking show, but like... <laughs> uh, valid. I was, valid. <laughs> I was okay with that relationship because I'm like, okay, this seems like, you know... Because I know the brother's having trust issues, so this seems like something, you know, he can... Okay, before I knew where everything was going, like, I was like, okay, maybe we can get a somewhat not fucked up ending through this relationship, and nope. Um, I was very sad to see big spoilers, which so this whole thing. But I was very sad to see Shoko die, um, and get killed by Sato. I feel like that was extra ruthless, you know. Like it just kind of. I mean, I don't know why I didn't expect it. I thought there would be some type of honor amongst like you know her, but when you're a psycho, um, you're completely sociopathic so the only person you care about are you and the things that you care about which she deemed that Shia was the only thing that she cared about so yeah man and that whole that whole scene when when uh Shoko makes it to the apartment sends the picture out of uh Sato and Shio and then and then Shoko confronts Sato and is like yo I told you this at the cafe. 
I care about you. Like, I give a fuck about your well-being. And let's hash this out. Like, this can't possibly be good. And then we get this whole scene where we see uh, Shoko and Sato going back and forth inaudibly. And we're just assuming that this is, you know, a heartfelt, you know, explanation and appeal. And it's being confronted by uh, Sato, who has no real emotions. And we we feel like, okay, maybe Sato has, has, you know, relented or, or come to an understanding. And we see Shoko trying to leave. And she's sitting down, putting her shoes on in the foyer. And that's when Sato's like, <laughs> joke's on you. Uh, whoops, you forgot your, I don't know, knife. And then cuts her fucking throat. Yeah. Like, just, that, that was probably really the only death that I really felt like That's probably the only death that really got to me because I'm like, bruh, like there was like, it seemed like she did not care at all when she did that. Like, you know, and I know there was like the little bit of remorse she felt, but I'm like, this is like your friend struggling to live like, and you just straight up stabbed a knife through her throat, like while she's clawing. And that was like so graphic. Like she was like clawing her hands and everything. Like it was just. Oh, Lord Jesus. And I was like, they played even the sad music, too. I was like, what is happening? Like, I don't know. All over this little annoying bitch. Like, <laughs> just like what are we doing here? What are we doing? Uh, that's so rude, but but partially accurate. Like, um, she's eight years old, my guy. She doesn't have a personality, <laughs> which is the problem. That's the problem with this show. Yeah. Um, But yeah, man. Like, not only do we see the death and we see their interaction overall, but later on, when when we see them ramping up to leave the apartment, which, holy shit, okay, we'll get to. Um, when, we, when we're ramping up to them leaving the apartment, Sato goes into the locked-off room where, where fucking Shoko's body has just been hanging out. She's sitting in a chair. And Sato dresses Shoko. And in this moment, we see Sato look up and, and like, begin to have feelings. Like, begin to have the tinglings of emotion about the death of her friend. But the moment Shio's like, Sato, let's, I don't know, do anything. She's like, whoop, back, <laughs> snap back to reality. Yep. Um, and by reality, I mean our happy sugar life, which is an entire delusion. So why do you think she dressed Shoko? Do you think this is like her of caring? Like, do you think that was her way of caring? Or? Oh, no, it was 100% a ploy to dress her like she, uh, like Sato, to have like, uh, I'm going to conceal my, like, I'm going to fake my own death and then run off. Okay. So by putting... Uh, Shoko in, in uh, Sato's like uh, clothing that would be how she faked her own death but yeah. it didn't work because two reasons one the aunt starts the fire and two Sato forgets her promise ring 
and then goes back for it. If if they, because they made it to the terminal, they were ready to buy, buy the plane ticket. But she realized, whoops, I forgot my ring that we gave each other in our our favorite ceremony of bullshit. If, if they had not gone back mm-hmm. to get the ring, they would have been off scot-free and they wouldn't have to jump off the fucking roof. Okay? That's all I'm saying. Because Sato people were is stupid. Exactly. Fucking dumb. But no. Yeah, <sighs> like, the fact... And, like, Sato's body count was at least, like, four. Because she killed the two dudes in the park, which I forgot about. So, like... I don't know if she killed the dudes. She took their eyes. That doesn't mean they died. But it's definitely well, maimed and fucked them up. Yes, okay. So, murderous but, intent... We know there's at least been directed towards four people. So, yeah. yeah. I have to go. I have to go scan the wiki, which I don't want to do. <laughs> I don't want to do any of this. Like, <laughs> I would, I would say that <sighs> how you going? How no, you gonna kill no, your best you're... friend? Like, just that's the thing that just has me wrapped around that. Like. <laughs> So that is the thing that this like, I'm like, wow, like literally who's saying that I love you and I care about you. You could be the devil yourself and I'd always care about you. And you're like, why would I trust that from you? You took a picture. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, to which you were right. The two dudes in the park definitely died. Yeah. So, and um, and then this stupid scene where, like you said, like she came back for a stupid promise ring, which you could just buy another one. They were trash anyway. Worst promise. It's the ring promise ever. that matters. It's not the ring. Fuck. Yes, but then again, these are immature kids who are psychos, so they probably have no grip of reality. So they probably thought this was the only thing that kept them together. So, um, like, <sighs> whatever happened to the other girl? There was another girl I feel like. Anyway, I don't forget her. That she like kissed or something. I don't even remember. Oh what that was yeah, about. like that was a whole deal. Well, I there was one that was. That. There was one at her work that was trying to like get information about her, trying to be her, and she was like, "Fuck you! I will kiss you and make you feel emotions, and then I would tell you to get the fuck out of my life. Like, don't ask questions because I will hate you." Yeah, that was a whole deal. Yeah, that was okay. That was that was weird. I vaguely remember that. But anyway, so yeah, they're like, go back to do that, and the aunt has already set the fire because the aunt's down for anything, even spending the rest of her life in prison or the death penalty or whatever, because that's her type of love. Whatever. So that happens. The aunt is setting the hotel on fire or the uh, apartments on fire, all of them, and um. So yeah, she's doing that, and then Sato runs back to get the rings, and then she's like, "Oh no, a fire! Like we hit planned. Like also, why do they even feel the need to set it on fire? I mean, I understand to like, I don't know if you're run away anyway. It was to fake their own death because nobody's looking for Shio but her brother." And if they fake um, Sato's death, then whatever. She's done. 
So was the aunt always going to be the one to take the blame for it then? I mean, if if that's what they needed. Huh. So. Well, yeah. Anyway, so that's happening. And then they're like, oh, no, we're trapped by fire. Not before well, the brother shows up. Yeah, the brother rolls in and fucks up the entire plan of going back for the promise ring. To which he's like, I'm coming to save Shiho. And Shiho's eventually like, no. But that's after they make it to the top floor and everything else is on fire. Yeah. Like, I was kind of wishing, you know, he would have got a few licks in, but. <laughs> I mean, like, she bumped up into a window and cut herself. Like, yeah. And she... before he put. He... Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. Uh, but, and before he put his hands on uh, Shio, he was like, whoa, no, let's talk about this. Mom loves you. And he, she's like, mom's the reason why I'm out here. She left me alone to get, I don't know, work. I don't even know if this is the best or worst case for a random child left on a Japanese construction site, my guy. I don't yeah. know. But the mom's the trash, problem. too. There are no good people in this, like, except Shoko. Only... Only one who was a bother. I mean, at this point, I guess you just got to kind of mind your own business. But still, like, I mean, I don't know, uh, man. Like, I don't know either, man. <laughs> Anyways, they confront each other. Uh, Shio's like, I'm going to go off and make my own decisions. And then fire prevents that conversation from going any farther. So they run out on the roof. And Shio, of all people, an eight-year-old's like, Tato, I wanted to live together. And now that I'm making my own decisions, let's die together. Yeah, that was... I, if that had not happened in the last episode, I would have just... I I had to finish because my time was already freaking in there, but... Man, I wish it wasn't like I just that was so stupid. I was just like, all right. So uh, so they jump off the roof of the burning building which we see in episode 1. To the point where Zato makes a decision in midair reliving all of their experiences. To not let Shio die. Yeah. Right? To to kind of curl their bodies and protect her from, from you know, getting domed in the parking lot like Sato did. And we see this happen, and we see the aftermath with her being in the hospital and her brother bringing her flowers and getting the final scene. Yes, where she's like, I'll be I'll be with Shoko forever, even though she's dead because I'm also crazy now. So, yeah. And then you get that last scene of like her mom staring at the hospital. Like, I'm just like, what? Like, I don't know, man. It's, yeah. Why? Why was this made? Like, I, I don't understand. I don't want to understand. 
Like, I was almost tempted to read the manga to see if the manga had a better outcome. And I was like, you know what? I don't even care. I don't there's even an, care. There's a there's a volume eleven called Extra Life where it describes Shoto or Shio in 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 detail. And to which, if I had the time, maybe I would go read the manga. But at this point, we've got too much shit to do. And thank God. Yes, like I just, you know, I I wanted to be okay, and you know, I got scared when I looked at the people who created this. So I saw Kagagiri was on there, but like I realized it was like a Kagagiri spinoff, and it was not the you know actual Kagagiri, which made me happy because I'm like, thank goodness that they're not like you know on that, and like I just. There was nothing that really, like, like, just this, there was nothing here. Like, I just, like, the, there were those big shock scenes where you, like, killed your best friend. She was crying. That was graphic. Like, there was the scenes where you took the people's eyes, where the aunt was, like, crazy. Um, So... There was that, but at the same time, like, you know, there was, there was really, that was it, you know, it was just a whole lot of what the fuck, you know, like, I feel like how, (laughs) I feel like how sometimes, like, Attack on Titan, I'm just going to use an example, does the overcomplicated just for like the oh wow this is deep type thing i feel like this did like the what the fuck thing to do like the what the fuck thing does that make sense exactly yes that that defines this show a hundred percent we just did this to be shocking and edgy and there there was no artistic value to it other than what we see and show you like Yes, because it wasn't like the hey i mean don't get me wrong higarashi doesn't isn't far off but like it's still yeah no yeah it still has its things. Like I would even say, like Future Diaries has like some artistic value with it. Like when you see, like, because I mean, I don't agree with Yuno Gasai, but like she had a lot more, you know, push to do what she did. Like Homegirl was locked in a cage for months on end and couldn't eat. Like, like that was that was wild. And then even like when you get like the last part, she's still like, I don't want this. I'd just rather die than kill other people. I'm like, wow. It's crazy. And then like it's don't watch this, man. It just don't. That's how I feel about this. Don't watch this. We watched it for you. So you don't have to watch it. The animation was okay. It came out in 2018. Who let it came out in 2018? I don't know. Um, this feels like it should be one of those like foreign things from the fucking 90s, honestly. Uh, yeah. And I think that's the problem. At this point, this show is is taking everything that's come before it with any kind of meat or or shock and is just playing on the greatest hits without any context or understanding about what makes that experience great. Which is why the studio made three whole shows and then went under. Yeah. I'm not saying this show didn't look good or wasn't animated well, but holy fuck. Um, 
man, I wish I, I, I wish they had chosen something else only for their longevity. Yeah. Yeah. This this is not the way I thought fucking spooky October was gonna go, but that's what happened when we don't have a a concrete creek game plan. <laughs> I mean it was this was spooky in its own right. It like definitely was on that spooky yes. slash, you know, fuck me up aspect, but not in a good way. Yes. Um and and with that, I I, I mean absolutely. This this was meant to to be off putting and it, it did its job, but oh it's it's a challenging medium that has no other kind of redeeming uh reason to experience. <sighs> okay, well I am I am uh, obstensively spooked here on your typical Shona protagonist. Do not reprim- recommend Happy Sugar Life. Uh, to anyone, uh, watch at your own risk. Ass show. Um, still better than Borja, though. Uh, but <laughs> but also ass. Why? Because it's why only, is it better than? This is only twelve episodes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And okay. Uh, I, I guess if you forced me to watch one series over and over again until I exploded, I would watch Boruto over this. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not watching Boruto anytime soon. Um, we're going to wrap this up. We will catch y'all next week uh, on your typical show protagonist. You can catch the show on all your podcasts. We're talking Spotify, iTunes, Amazon podcast at your typical show protagonist. Or on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube as well. Your ESP, U-R-T-S-P, that's U-R-T-S-P. Hey, you have stuff too? Yes, you can find me at Static Dreads over on Twitter, where I'm cool like that. And definitely, definitely will be talking about anything except this anime. Yes, everything else but. Yes, absolutely. And of course, catch the other product at Content Breaker uh, for your Eastern and Western animation needs. That's Content Breaker on all your podcasts, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram as well. We'll catch you next week for more Your Typical Shonen Protagonist. Protagonist.